And we are back on the air for our weekly live chat with the phenomenal Jason Spieth. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing just fine. Having a nice time here in North Dakota, getting ready for apparently some cold weather, which I'm not looking forward to. We might get snow in North Dakota this weekend. Yeah, they. it was, that word's been peppered across the forecast for the next weekend days. I'm just, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand Super excited it. about it. Can you tell? Yeah, I don't get it, but hey, whatever. That's the way it goes. And, I, you know, I do remember in the past this has happened before, so it's not like it's um, too out there. But So given an update this week on some of the oil and gas activity, boy, it's, it is a different, different world out there. Now, I'm going to throw some numbers out there to you folks, and these are off-the-record numbers I got from companies, so I don't want to give their names, but I'm just going to throw out some like I said, just a kind of a smear of a, a smattering, if you will, of some numbers so you can understand uh, what people have been experiencing. So I talked to one company and he had uh, not gotten any uh, receivables, people paying him since last October, because you have to remember the oil and gas industry got hit last year. You know, uh, Whiting Petroleum is kind of the poster child for this big company getting hit by the market. And last July, they laid off a third of their staff. And Halliburton had big layoffs in October. Chesapeake had big layoffs in November. So this is you know not a new situation for the oil and gas here because there was a number of factors that hit the oil and gas industry early on. Number one being the Chinese market. When China went into quarantine and a lot of the other countries over on the other side of the planet, well, that impacts the oil and gas industry in America. So the oil and gas industry really got impacted third and fourth quarter last year. So the problems that a lot of the people were facing as of March and April, the energy industry were experiencing last year. And it had to do with the COVID-19 and the coronavirus as well. Well, then of course you had OPEC and uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia they did their geopolitical uh, maneuvering, and that totally sent the market into another hit. And then, of course, we had the, the American COVID shutdown. So the market has really been rocked out there. And so when I say, I, you know, I talked to one guy who hadn't got any receivables paid since last October. I talked to another gentleman, and for the last six months, he had been billing. You ready for this? Six months ago, he was billing $3.2 million a month. And he's in five states, so he's, he's, a big, he's a bigger company. But he was billing $3.4 million a month, and he was growing. He was actually, during the downturn, he was actually growing. So his company was growing from $3.4 million in monthly billables to $4.4 million in monthly billables. Okay, so... He was growing his company nicely while all the other industry was getting rocked. And then when the American shutdown, the COVID-19 shutdown happened, the next month he billed $340,000. That is the type of drop-off that happened in the oil and gas industry. Some people haven't been paid by clients since October. Other people had 90% drop-off in revenue. Think about that. So when we talk about the state of the industry, that's the state of the industry. And we've got other people out there 
trying to figure out new ways to make money because they have a lot of assets that are parked and they received money, you know, in the PPP program and that sort of thing. But keep in mind, the PPP program was essentially for, for payroll. And if you really look at what it did, if you take a step back and, and try to not be political here, the PPP program essentially was a can kicker, you know, just kind of kicked the can down the, down the road, gave businesses the opportunity to pay their employees. If you use 75% of that money, so if you got $100,000 for your business, 75% of that has to go to paying employees. And then the other 25% can be used for utilities and some rent and that mortgage or whatever it might be. So essentially what happened is instead of having, you know, 100 million people hit the unemployment office at one time, a lot of businesses became a quasi-unemployment office. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic what's going on here because keep in mind, nobody really knows what's happening. I mean, there are so many people that really believe this is only the first wave. We're at the 10 to 20-yard line. And if we've already gotten people to shut down their businesses and close their doors and do that sort of thing, th th that's the new normal, if you will, going forward. Uh, whether we like it or not is a different story because it's very difficult to go out in public now and go grab a quart of milk without wearing a face mask. We're, we're into the public shame category now of where people can publicly shame you. And I'll give you a few examples of what I'm talking about. The easiest one is tobacco. If you're a, if, if you're a smoker and, you, and you're smoking in a parking lot, people will give you a dirty look. If you smoke in a building, they might call the cops on you. So it's a legal product. I'm a non-smoker, but it's a legal product. But it's perfectly okay for a society to shame you. That's, that, that, that's, that's a state-sponsored shaming. Uh, we saw it with energy and oil and gas. We talked about it with the rise of, of environmentalism. I think that's going on. And, and in fact, in my neck of the woods, NDSU, the last NDSU bison game I went to, I wore the wrong colored shirt because it was yellow day and I wore green. How dare I? I must have had a dozen people come up to me and shame me. They're like, uh, you're wearing the wrong colored shirt. And I mean, they were like serious. And I thought, well, that's the last time I'm going to one of these games. I can't even wear the... I mean, I was even wearing an NDSU shirt. I don't normally get into that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, what the heck? Win in Rome, right? Tried to play along. Right. And, I, and I couldn't even play along right. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. So, anyway, uh, where I'm going with all of this is um, I believe that we're actually kind of ushering in a new way of life. And energy is a big part of it. And the change in the energy industry is is going to be one to watch because the oil and gas industry the mining industry is the only industry that's added jobs in the last 10 years technology didn't farming didn't the only industry is the mining industry so to pull the rug out like they did shut down the globe all these different things it's going to be interesting to see how they roll this out when we're, I mean, th think about what they're asking businesses to do. Like in North Dakota, they have this program called Smart Restart. That is beyond offensive. First of all, now is not a time to get into Orwellian and marketing language. And I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about. As a business owner, 
if I have a restaurant, and I know we're getting close on time, so I'm gonna, I'll hurry it up here. But as a business owner, if I own a restaurant, and now the government is only allowing me to open up my business at half capacity, they have now implemented a regulation that now decreases my earning potential by 50%. So I now only have half the opportunity that I had before. Second, I now have an added cost of hand sanitizer. I have to wash all my dishes every time uh, they need a refill. I have more water costs. I have all these new costs now that the new regulations have put in. I also have to train my employees how to be sanitizers, how to do this, how to wear masks, how to, how to act, that sort of thing. So if I'm a restaurant owner, and now number one, my earning potential has been reduced by half. Number two, I have to add a new cost by, by buying products. And number three, I have to add a new training session to my employees. That doesn't sound very smart. That actually sounds like a recipe for someone to go die on the vine. That sounds like a way to put somebody out of business. That's, that, that's, that's the world we're in right now to where I don't think there's a big understanding that people still need to pay bills, you know, and, and to just exist in the world, you need between two and $3,000 a month between your rent and utilities and insurances and everything along those lines. So it's a very different time that we're, we're putting out these extreme regulations and expecting that the planet of platitudes is going to be just okay. So it's it's a different time. Boy, I didn't get to one thing on my notes, by the way. I actually wrote down notes today that we were going to talk about <laughs> things. We were going to talk about uh, community capitalism and cutthroat capitalism. But uh, we didn't get into that because that's what's going on in the energy industry right now. They're at a uh, crossroads of that. So uh, oh, wow. anyway, I'm looking at the time. I see that we're, we're way past our, our due, but did you have any questions for me this week, by the way? Because I think I just spoke for 10 straight minutes. So I was I was actually very intrigued. I was very much enjoying listening to what you were saying because it's, it's a perspective that I hadn't looked at prior, but it, it boils down to the same, same thing that I keep saying. It just looks like we're trying to kill off our small businesses, and I'm that scares me. It honestly does. Our agriculture right now and our small business situation is just that is a terrifying outlook right now unless people are, are you know become more aware of it thankfully um, and I just was reporting a little bit about this during the, the news thankfully there are enough people right now that have turned their focus to the small businesses and to the agriculture I mean not specifically the gas industry I don't even know about that but uh, that, that we've already seen some positive benefits because of where the focus is as far as the oil and gas industry, the only thing I can say is, well, I, I saw an article this morning that said that there's a lot of plans for people to take road trips as soon as everything's open. And I just, I don't know. The entire situation is scary, but I, I love listening to you talk, even if it was for 10 straight minutes. It was well, good. It was good and just two things on that. Number one is you really need to pay attention to the media because they've gotten into the business of telling you what's going to happen instead of actually re reporting what happens. There's that, that's, that's a shift that's happened over the last 10 to 15 years. They, the, they use the news. They use their news department in the order paper shortage. In, in, in order to yeah. project a guess. And then they use their commentary people to talk about that projected guess. And then if it doesn't go that way, then they spend the next 30 days talking about why they were wrong. It's, 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 um, 
just terrible, honestly. I, I from from a journalist and and somebody in the media, I apologize for for that because the the media used to be a, you know a, the the fourth state, if you will. We we were supposed to be the eyes and the ears for the people in this busy busy world, and that hasn't been the case for quite a while. I mean, it really hasn't, you know. And I always say to people. You know, if you take a look at the top six news networks, I don't care if, if you call Fox and CNN News or not, they're one of the top, you know, they're, they're in the top five. And then you got even Al Jazeera and you've got uh, MSNBC, throw them in there, sure. And you got ABC, NBC, CBS, whatever. They all report the same stuff. It's a big planet. It's a big planet. And before the COVID-19, they, they, they always seem to report the same stuff and comment on the same stuff. So... That, that part, just, you know, keep in mind, there's a lot more commentary in the news where they like to tell you how to feel. And, you know, 20, 30 years ago, they would do more of reporting the news and then allow you to process it. Nowadays, they do, they do more of telling you how to feel and how to, how, to, how to respond. And that's a shift. And again, getting back to the shift, I think there's a shift happening in small business too. And I think people, the small business owners need to be aware of that, that, I do believe most of the elected officials are very out of touch with small business, small family businesses. When they will call Facebook a family business and they will call Phillips 66 a family business and they will call a business with 500 employees a small business, I really believe there's a shift happening where I don't necessarily believe that the politicians and the, and the leaders look at small business like they used to. I think that they have a new way of looking at small business. And the past two months has been a very subtle, about as subtle as a slap in the face. Like it's so real, you don't even know it's real. But at the same time, you have to look at it and say, it did happen. And and maybe, maybe there is a shift happening with small business. I don't know. Well, Hopefully, hopefully it, it ends up being for the better in the end, but it's uh, too early to tell, I guess. It just Well, yeah. right now, the beauty part is, is that, you know, take a step back and let society work itself out because you ain't going to be a part of it, right? But you are in charge of yourself. So you can actually become a new you if you want. You can become an old you if you want. You've got the power right now to do whatever you want. That's the beauty of what's going on right now is you can work on you and it's probably not a bad time. There's a lot of people that don't like to, you know, be them. They, 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 like, they like to live their Facebook life or they like to live their work life. And right now, some people are having a hard time, you know, being alone and being just with themselves. And it's not a bad time to. It's, it's, a, it's a good time to, you know, really determine. Get acquainted what, with yourself. Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, you know me. I'm all about that. My friends call me the corporate hippie, so whatever. I just I deal with it. <laughs> Well, I, I better get running and let you guys get running because I'm looking at the time here, and we've gone way overboard. But uh, this week, we've got great crude life uh, week in review. We've got an update from the Permian with some pictures of all kinds of parked rigs and all kinds of things happening. Guy was on 25 sales calls, and none, none of them were there. So the the uh, open up the state of Texas wasn't as open as people thought and that kind of thing. So it's been... Um, be a good program, the Crude Life Week in Review, and some uh, new green products, contamination, and all kinds, decontamination with Department of Defense stuff with uh, Green Earth out of Colorado. So uh, we'll check it out, folks, at thecrudelife.com. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. Have a great week. See you next week.